Welcome to the Big Yellow School Bus, and here's your host, Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools. Good day. Welcome to the Big Yellow School Bus. I'm Jack Cobb, your school bus driver for Murray County Public Schools. Thank you for joining us. You can catch us on Saturday, Sunday, or Monday on WKOM, WKRM, 103.7. I want to make sure I got that point correct. And 101.7. And 101.7. Today we're here, we're, we're, we've done pulled the bus out of the garage, got it gassed up, and we're getting ready to go, and we have a guest today by the name of Yvette Carter. Yvette is the Supervisor of Counseling and Mental Health. Hello, Yvette. Hello, Jack. We're so happy you could make it today. Thanks for coming and being on the Big Yellow School Bus. Give us a chance, let us know more about who Yvette Carter is. Tell us a little bit about yourself, not so much your job, but about you. Well, I was born in the Bronx, New York. Wow. Yeah, my parents moved up there after they graduated from college, and they moved to New York, so that's where I was born. And um, eventually, you know, we moved to Atlanta, Georgia, and that's where my parents live now. In 2000, I moved here to Tennessee to attend um, my master's program at Tennessee State University, and I've been here in Tennessee ever since. Um, for fun, I like to go riding out in the country and just taking some nice rides, going to the beach, and I love historical places. Very cool, very cool. I like historical places, and I think I definitely can say I like the beach. What about you, Clayton? Uh, m- most definitely. Now, uh, Miss Carter, how long have you been with the Murray County Public School System? I started working in Murray County Public Schools last November. So I'm getting close to a year, and it's been a great experience. I really enjoy it. Excellent. Uh, Yvette works in the office with me. Um, We uh, share many, many good conversations together. She's not only our school district's um, supervisor of counseling and mental health, she's my personal counselor, I like to say. Whenever I've gotten like this going on, I'm like, Yvette, Yvette, I need your help. She just laughs at me. So, Yvette, tell me more about our school-wide programs. Um, we have what we call Emotional Learning Plan, um, Social Emotional Learning Plan, right? It's, it's S-E-L acronym for short. Yes, exactly. Um, social Emotional Learning is a process whereby students acquire a lot of knowledge and what some people call it are soft skills or social skills. And these include recognizing and managing their emotions, um, developing care for themselves and for others, maintaining and establishing positive relationships. Relationship building is so, so, so important. Making responsible decisions, um, setting good goals for themselves, and then handling challenging situations. It's so important that we um, help support our students, especially in these times and other times as they continue to grow. Yeah, Um, these are some challenging situations right now with the COVID-19, not being in school since March 17th. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm sure that has a lot of stress to the children and the parents. Absolutely, we have found that students are more anxious than ever. Um, really concerned not about just being away from school, but returning to school and how that's going to look and what it's going to be like and are they going to be safe. So just hearing all of the information from social media, from TV, it's really, really, really um, put a burden on students. 
Yes, it has. And I have grandchildren in Murray County Public Schools, and they are so wanting to go back to school. My granddaughter says, Papa, when's school starting back up? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you know, go ahead. Um, and I'm, I'm with Jack. I have, uh, I have kids in the school system as well. Uh, Miss Carter, what, with everything that's been happening uh, here uh, nationwide, worldwide, uh, how have you and the others uh, in the school system and at the individual schools, uh, what's, it, what's been y'all's biggest challenge uh, with having to deal with this COVID-19 and, and getting these kids prepared and ready to possibly come back to school at some point? Um, A really big challenge is making sure that we get in touch with the whole population. Um, Murray County is so unique in that it has a strong city population and a strong rural population as well. So we don't want any students to fall through the crack. So we've been constantly talking about how do we make sure that we continue to make connections with students all the time. That's why we had that summer program. They did a lot of virtual callings and virtual talks. Um, Students had opportunities to use a form and fill it out and say, hey, I need help with this or that. So we've really been trying to make that connection. And that connection piece has been the biggest challenge for us um, in terms of connecting, not just with our students, but with teachers, with parents. So we're really, really, really trying to strengthen that and using community partners to do that with. Does the Murray County Public School System, they have counselors at each school, is that correct? And you work with them uh, one-on-one, I'm sure, uh, Mm -hmm. individually. Yes, the state code requires requires that all schools have a counselor based on their um, their enrollment. So anything over 300, you would definitely have a counselor in your school. We are lucky to have counselors in all of our schools. Um, even our alternative, alternative learning school has school counselor. So that's great. We have 30 in total, and we're looking for that number to grow, hopefully in the future, so that all students can have the supports they need in order to be successful. Hey, let's let's touch back on that in just a moment. Let's go back on the um, social emotional learning plan um, resources. I wanted to know and let people know that are listening. What are some of the resources available to s- support students and their families as far as the social educational learning goes? So there are a lot of different websites that are available for families, and we provide a lot of resources on our actual webpage. We've been putting things out on Twitter and Facebook and trying to ensure that parents are supported. There's food pantries, um, the Boys and Girls Club, all of the supports we have. We have STARS. We have Mental Health Co-op. We have Centerstone. Um, So all of those areas are very helpful and very supportive of our students here. And we are lucky to have all of those students, all of those supports in our schools. And the good part about having external supports or community supports is that when school is out, those people are still available. And so parents have those resources. And if they need help with that, they can go on the Murray Murray County website and my email address is there and they can email me and say, I need help with this. Anything from academics to social emotional to career and college, I'm available to help or I'll put you in touch with someone who can help Excellent. you. Excellent. Just so to make it easier for them to find it, it's murrayk12.org mm-hmm. and your section is under pupil services. Yes. Under counseling and mental health. Yes. So that's my section. There's a, there's a pupil services drop down menu once you load the homepage and then there's an arrow that goes to mental counseling and mental and health. Counseling and mental health. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let me see now. Let's get back to the counselors. Okay. You said we have a counselor in every school. Yes. And that's 
100% of all Murray County public schools. Yes. What are some of the underlying laws that maybe our community and parents and students should know about as far as counseling goes? Um, it's important for parents to know that there's a certain level of confidentiality that goes with communicating yeah, with students. Yeah, that's what you'd say. However, if a student says they want to hurt themselves or if they want to hurt someone else or if they anything that's threatening, we would automatically have to um, let the parents know what's going on with the student. We are also bound by law, everyone is, to report. So if we suspect, we don't have to investigate, we don't have to research, but if we suspect a student is in a crisis, then we have to report it to the state level. So that's to our Department of Children's Services. It is mandatory. It has always been mandatory for school counselors, but it is now mandatory for everybody to be able to report. That, that was going to be my qu next question. What is what is the school system in your relationship with DCS? We um, actually have a great relationship. One of the first things I did when I started here was connect with the school counselors and connect, connect with the community because the community plays a large part of supporting our students. So DCS was some of the people that I spoke with and we talked about ways to work better and to partner. Um, so we have a really good relationship with them. Now it is hard. It is hard when we have to report. It is based on the law it is not something we're doing it's not personal it is about law and what the law says so sometimes that causes challenges with our relationship with our parents um, and so we are really trying to work and streamline that so people can see that DCS their goal is to keep families together again I will say their goal is to make sure families stay together so they are going to do everything they can to put supports in a home before they just automatically move a child out of a room Good stuff. Um, we're, we're moving really fast through this. How long do we have to our next break? Well, we got about another five minutes. All right. Let's go ahead and get into um, some of the resources that are available for parents. Um, and tell us what kind of in-school resources they may have. I know you have your counselor, but do you provide any in-school resources to the students? We also have family resource centers. Currently, they are located in the Mount Pleasant area. We also have a family resource center at Columbia Central High School. We have a family resource center in Withorn Middle School and Cox Middle School. So that's where our four resource centers are. And the Mount Pleasant one is housed in the elementary school, but it supports students um, throughout that whole Mount Pleasant area. So it's not just for the elementary school students. And they are manned by directors. We have um, family resource directors, and they also work and they partner with school counselors. And they do everything from providing food to providing clothes to helping with homework, giving you resources for homework. They also will help parents if they need, because one thing we talked about is parents need help learning how to help their students 
in school. So we really want to try to set up some ways that parents can get tips on how do we best support our children? Because everybody wants to do the best. But like I tell people all the time, when my son took higher level math, calculus and all that, I got a tutor. I don't know anything about calculus. That's not my thing. I got a tutor. So we want people to know that our family resource centers are available for them to get that kind of support. And they also work closely with the community. But they do creative things like they have career fairs for students. They do all types. They have, um, there's one school, I think it might be Mount Pleasant, where they actually do a mentoring program. And they also help the students kind of do peace circles. So when something happens, then we all get together and we have our peace circle and we talk about it and we restore the harm we did to other people. And then everything is much, much better. And so it's run by students. It's like their little peace and it's a really a good, good oh, program. I really to like have that. that mentoring run by the students. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's not something that I, as a grandfather, can volunteer to be a mentor in the school. It's actually done by the students in the school. Yeah. That is so great to have mentors that are your peers. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Really um, cool. yeah. Well, what's offered uh, to, to students uh, in school as far as if they need to speak with someone? That that option's there anytime that they want, correct? They, they can go to one of their counselors. They, they have open access to them, and, and then uh, perhaps the, the counselor gives them guidance on maybe if they need any other additional therapy or anything else outside of school, they can set them up with that as well? Yes. So school counselors do short-term brief therapy. That is maybe, So that's six to eight sessions. After that time, after speaking to the parent, if they need to, they will go ahead and refer them to a long-term therapists who can help them long term like you mentioned you guys partner with centerstone exactly so that's some of the things we can do so we have a lot of times you think about students um 75 percent one in five student has a type of mental health challenge that they're not receiving any supports for and so that's like 75 percent of kids get all of their services in schools so that was another big challenge for us how do we still support kids when they're not in school when they're used to getting their services in schools so that was really big for us but what most counselors have are referral forms and the high schools have different ways that they do it whether you do a sign-in you check in with your counselor they set up appointments they have a day of advisory so we they all do it differently but they always have always have access to their school counselors whether they fill out a little form or they fill out a big form or they just schedule the appointment. Uh, let's say there's a there's a child in a school that perhaps maybe doesn't come out and say that, that they're having some type of issue or, or emotional problem or, or something, but say a faculty member or a teacher notices that that child may have an issue, but they don't want to say anything. Can the faculty member then go to the counselor and the counselor talk to the parents about working with that child? Absolutely. How does that process work? Absolutely. Not only do the, the you have referral forms for students, we also have referral forms for faculty and staff. So if a faculty and staff see something going on and you just pick what it is or just say what it is, um, and as long as we can, we will call and try to get in touch with the parents, email the parents. We even do home visits. We'll go with our um, school resource officer and we'll go by homes. And when we're coming, we're coming out of care and concern for your child's mental health and and wellness or they're just their academic wellness so it's all about care but there are 
there are all kind of avenues to reach students to reach for our school counselors to reach students that is very impressive and and, and something that i did not know that that the school system offered that 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 is really really good um jack i think it's about time for our first break yes it's good time for a break we're here with yvette carter and clayton harris helping out with the big yellow school bus today we'll be back after the break with more with yvette carter don't go away Big Yellow School Bus with your host, Jack Cobb, with Murray County Public Schools will be right back after these messages from our sponsors. Welcome back. You're listening to the Big Yellow School Bus with your host, Jack Cobb, with Murray County Public Schools. Welcome back to the Big Yellow School Bus. We're here with Clayton Harris radio station and Yvette Carter. Yvette is the counselor for mental supervisor of counseling and mental health, correct? I always get these titles wrong. Yes, That's why it I have to is keep not a problem. Down. I'm a school counselor. Let's yeah, just... she counsels me on this. Yes. Um, <laughs> let's get back into some of the um, questions we left off on about uh, helping children. What can a parent or guardian do to help students adjust or normalize during this time of COVID-19? Yes, that is a really good question. Um, Normalizing becomes very challenging based on the age of the student. Some of the things that um, many parents did was really try to get on a schedule. And it shouldn't be an all-day schedule like they were at school, but just a schedule like we're going to get up, you know, we're going to take our jammies off, we're going to put our clothes on, we're going to go to this designated space and at home, and it doesn't have to be a big, huge room, it could be any place. But this is where we're going to keep our little books and our little area where we're going to sit and where we're going to do our work. And if we have to transform, if it's your table where you eat dinner, then you just transform it and you can put a little tent card that says, you know, classroom A. You can make up a name for your classroom with your student so that they'll feel like it's classroom. Um, and that'll, you can put the, the pencils and pens and other things in the area, in the room, so that you can really transform your area. You can um, do all kinds of things in terms of writing and giving students an opportunity to write like you can you can buy some chalk paint and put it on the wall and they can use chalk and they can write on the walls and that way you can help with your math or your other things so yes exactly (laughs) so there are a lot of different opportunities for you to but the main thing is setting a schedule that's the very first thing making sure that kids are giving opportunities to exercise and to eat healthy that's important don't just overload on sugar make sure they're eating a nice small breakfast whether it's cereal or something that they can eat that's minimal and then going on and having a good lunch all of those things are important getting plenty of water and other fluids that's not sugar laced so those things are important as you continue on to normalize it because hey no we're not in the school building but school can be anywhere and just constantly letting them know you're going to go back and see your teachers again but right now this is where school is what about that social aspect that the children be missing yes you can get on a schedule you can get in on a regime but That Mm -hmm. social interactivity. I'm a social person. I've got to be talking to people. I've got to have people to talk to. When when we were told to shelter at home, Mm -hmm. I was on the phone 
all the time talking to people because I was like, oh, I'm going to go crazy if I don't have somebody other than my dog and my wife to talk to. Not, not, not that it's bad to talk to my wife. I love my mm. wife. But I needed that other social interaction. What about if, that? If they have friends that you know, the parents know each other. When my son was in elementary school, we all knew each other. You can do a little FaceTime with each other. The kids can be together as long as their parents are there. Students still need that supervision. That is very, very important because you need to know what they're talking about. So those are some little things that you can do in terms of making that connection. Um, And then I know my family does a Zoom every other Sunday. So setting up those kind of um, interactions with people is really good. Um, Also, just getting out and making sure that you walk, not just be in the house and exercise or not just riding your bike, but walking. Yeah, going to the park, walking with your students, doing those kind of things. That's really, really important in terms of interaction. But some um, places, if you can afford to offer different different classes online that you can use. Or I know the Boys and Girls Clubs have been doing a lot of different Zooms and different classrooms, virtual classrooms to help students out. So there have been a lot of places. I know um, my church has really been trying to reach out and getting our middle schoolers and high schoolers to connect, um, even though we don't have Sunday school every Sunday. So we thought that was important. Mm -hmm. So those kind of things that you can still do and connect with the same people that you were connected with before. Now, don't just automatically swing to some new people because that's a little odd for them. That consistency is the key for kids. And remember that kids are resilient. They will do well. They are resilient. They will bounce back. Mm -hmm. And I know it's hard. I know it's hard. It really is. Um, It's hard for adults, so I can imagine how hard it is for kids. But they are resilient, and they will bounce back. That is great advice. Clayton? Uh, uh, Ms. Carter, what would you suggest to, uh, you know, parents out there as we we get ready for school to start back up here within the next month or so uh, that that have children that maybe have some anxiety or thoughts about coming back into an environment where they're, you know, some kids are, are going to be happy to be around their friends. They're going to be happy to be back in school. But there could be a few that could be uh, worried or, or like I said, have that anxiety of being around a group of people. What would you suggest or what what is the school system going to be looking to do to help alleviate some of those issues? Well, we're currently in the process of developing our plan and we're asking for community input. And so that's very important. And we know that as parents, if you have a child that's transitioning, we're trying to make some transition videos. I know a few schools have them out already where students can look inside of the building to see what it's going to be like and what it's going to look like. So that's important pulling up the school's website and just looking at the faces and looking at things they did. Oh, wow, look at this. They had a carnival one year. Oh, wow, look at her classroom, just those kind of things. And then giving kids an opportunity to express themselves, however that is, whether they're going to draw a picture, whether they're going to write down their feeling words, and you can put just a piece of paper on the refrigerator and just let them write their words whenever they want to. And then you can, you know, reflect on it later. Would you like to reflect on what you wrote? You know, talk about what you wrote. I see here you say scared. What does it scared look like? Because scared to me is I see a snake on the ground and I have to leave. But scared to a child could be anything. I don't want you to leave me in a building of people I don't know. So scared is different variations. So understanding that language that our students are talking. So this is such a time that, well, you're either going to make connections 
or you're going to be like, oh my goodness. So, <laughs> and then it's, it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be an easy transition back. You're talking about since March. It's not, you know, even though kids say, I want to get back. There are a lot of kids that say, no, thank you. So just keep that in mind that, you know, there are some kids who want to go run in the building and there are other kids that are like, I don't know if I really want to do this. And so just kind of talking to them now about the fact that the buildings are going to be, you're going to be back in school some type of way is really important for them to be successful. Yeah. I mean, and this is really kind of uncharted waters for everybody. Nobody, everybody at the Murray County Public Schools and at schools across the country never prepared back in March that, hey, we're not going to go back to school for five months. I mean, that's nobody. That was not our plan. No, no exactly. So th- no. this is, this is kind of new for everyone to mm-hmm. have to deal with. Yes, um, you are so right, Clayton. We literally just stopped. One day we were like, okay, we're going on a break. And the next day it was like, we're not going to school. You can't come in the building. We're, we're, we're locked down. It was and a lot of like, fear. Yeah, it's like, what happened? What just happened? And every day we thought, we're coming back. Oh, we'll be back in May. Definitely, we'll be back in May. And then it just the next thing we know, it was the summer. And we were like, wow, <laughs> what just happened? So, um, and everybody, you know, did a lot of, lot of connecting, a lot of principals reading, a lot of principals sending shout outs, the high school sending remind apps, just all types of things that we did as a, as a community to try to make sure that it was as normal. But like you said, had no idea we were in very uncharted territory, very uncharted. So I would think that the, the, uh, counselors are prepared and ready for the shock that will take place with some children being back in school yes and we've got children like my granddaughter that is leaving elementary school and going to middle school mm-hmm. big transition for her um she did she keeps asking me about it she doesn't know what to expect she's a little scared but i believe she's ready so the counselors are going to be well prepared for all these situations i'm sure yes and one thing we've really talked about is how do we reach out to those transition students the students that went from fourth grade to fifth grade Mm -hmm. and didn't have because normally what we do is we make sure that the students have an opportunity to visit the school Mm -hmm. to ask questions we also get them scheduled in their classes prior to coming to school now we went ahead and scheduled most students um, because that's something that needed to happen. But we've been just trying to figure out other ways that we can welcome kids in, especially as they're moving to middle school and they're moving to high school. That, that, that's a good point, Jack and, and Ms. Carter. There wasn't any closure for those kids that were going from elementary mm-hmm. to middle or maybe from middle school to high school. Because typically, you know, you have a graduation or, or something like that. A promotion a, a, ceremony. A promotion ceremony. Mm-hmm. Uh, a visit to a school that you're going to. Uh, a yes. day f- for the parents to take. A- and that was all because of this situation, this national uh, pandemic. I mean, it didn't get to happen. No, so so that, that has to, to weigh a lot on not only the parents, but the students as well. Yes. We even talked about how you remember when your child went to kindergarten, how that was a big deal. Mm-hmm. And normally, you know, you walk in with them and you take pictures and now they have little numbers and letters. First day of kindergarten, you know, last day of kindergarten. Like, so all of those things and how different that'll be for students this year, just how they will be able to make that transition in. Um, in any grade, but um, especially those first time. Well, we're grades. kind of talking about how that's really tough on the students, but the students really don't know. We're the parents know. 
Mm-hmm. We're the ones really hurting because we're seeing what didn't take place. Yes. True. And my granddaughter, she's kind of like, well, that was into school. Now I'm going to go to middle school. Mm-hmm. You know, for her, it's just, it's all new. Yes. She's not experiencing something. She doesn't really miss that necessarily because she really didn't know what was coming. Yeah, true. But us parents are like, oh, this is devastating. Mm-hmm. What am I going to do? Well, and, and the thing is, it's not just here locally. It's across the whole oh, nation, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, which brings me to my, my next question. Is there any type of state or federal guidance uh, that, that you get in mental health as far as how to approach this? Yes, we received some guidance from um, the Department of Education. They sent out a reopening toolkit that specifically centers around school counseling, but also centered around mental health and wellness, because they understand that both nurses and mental health partners are part of our reopening plan. So that was very helpful in terms of how we planned individually by our districts. And um, we also collaborate as leaders in the school counseling realm. So I have other supervisors of counseling that I speak to and I talk to about what are some things you're doing? What are your counselors doing? This is what our counselors are doing. So just to, just to share information and see if there's different ways that you can do things. Um, so that's been very, very helpful, especially the guidance from the Department of Education. Oh, I'm sure. And I'm sure that that will only continue as, as you guys move forward. Because like I said, you're all in this together. Every school system across the country, across the state. And you're right. You're the you know, there might be some things that, that we learn here that we can help other c- counties or communities with and vice versa. Mm-hmm. That And that's very important, that collaborative piece there. Every time someone tells us something different, I think, wow, I didn't think of that or wow, that's mm-hmm. a good idea. That's a good point. And so just taking in all of the information and allowing us to put that together in a good format so that it is doable. That's the other thing. You don't want to have all these big ideas, but nothing comes of it. So for me, it's important not to just have the information, but to actually follow through with it and make sure that we have a fix for that or we have a response for it. Another question just based on, um, you know, Murray County's made up of so many different types of schools. Um, we have several Title I schools in the county. Do you see this affecting them maybe a little bit more than what you might see from other schools just because of, of the background and, and things with the Title I schools and the students? We are really, really trying to be consistent about how we respond to all students um, because we don't want any student to fall through the cracks. When you're in the Title I situation, that just allows you a little bit more Um, resources than maybe some other schools, but we still always try to figure out a way to provide all schools with some of the same basic um, and then as there's a need for a little more, we provide a little more. But, you know, some schools that are Title One, there are other schools who are not that still have some strong needs. Um, and it's also just trying to make sure that we level the playing field for all students so that they're all, all successful. That is great information. You know, I want to touch a little bit more on the uh, the, available, the things that are available to adults. Because I just said that a lot of things the children are experiencing, they've never experienced before, and the adults have. Mm-hmm. So in our community, for our parents, what are some great resources that can help if you're just overwhelmed and overcome by all this? There are different hotlines that you can contact if you need immediate critical help 
You can always go to the hospital if you feel like you need some critical help. But there are places that can definitely speak to you about anything that you need. Calling um, 411 is always a great resource, and sometimes they can just transfer you. Um, In fact, we've been talking about on a national level having an actual um, suicide line mm-hmm. like the 411 and the 211 and 911 so that when people feel overwhelmed and anxious um, or really really depressed and down that they'll have a number to call so doing those kind of things I think you know like I said our family resource centers which will probably be back open on the 27th because that's the day that the faculty and staff return they have a lot of resources and a lot of care packages and um our school counselors will help with adults as well. That's not good. our main focus, but we will help with adults and we'll make sure that you get a good referral source. Um, so I like the 411. I've advertised that before in some of my um, uh, nonprofit work. Um, what exactly is 211? Um, 211 was the United Way. I'm not sure if that line is still on. Still available? Yeah, I know but it was. Yeah. It's a great resource. Uh-huh. So you, you mentioned. Easy numbers to remember, 411. It's mm-hmm. an easy way to call and say, look, I'm I just really concerned, and is there anything around here that can help me? Mm-hmm. Is, is the center stone available to me? I don't have um, health insurance. Are exactly. they available to help me? Exactly. Things like that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we've touched on, you know, what we can do to help students, you know, deal with um, getting the non-normal, you know, getting back to normalcy, and what we can do for parents. Um, what does social emotional learning look like specifically because we talked about that earlier in the first segment what does it look like specifically in a classroom can you can you give us some insight there yes i can so in most schools a social emotional learning we have different programs that are set up where the students come in and we might do a morning meeting and in that morning meeting session you'll do a nice greeting and that teaches you how to build your relationship skills you can talk about your feelings. How am I feeling today? What's my emotion? Is this at a classroom level? It's at a classroom level. Okay, so, great. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, all of our schools have response to intervention and instruction for behavior. And that is just a framework. And it's really not about behavior as much as it's about building the climate and culture in your school. So with that, it starts off with, all the schools have rules, elementary, middle, and high school. It might be be respectful, be safe, um, be ready, you know, all of those kind of things. And then there's things under safety, like for safety now to be like, make sure that you wash your hands, make sure that you sneeze inside of your arm, um, make sure that you're, you know, you're keeping your covering, have your own water bottle, make sure you're social distancing. All of those kind of things would be part of safety now. And being respectful is Make sure that you're, you know, using nice hands and nice feet. Um, We don't want any hurting or harming or kicking, that kind of thing. So those are kind of the things. And being ready is coming to school with your books, coming to school with your pencils, coming to school ready to learn. So it's important that social-emotional learning is not something separate in a school. It's part of the learning environment. Like I said, it is the part that builds the climate, culture, and relationships in the school. So... Once you walk in a school building, you can tell by the culture. You'll see that they have rules. You'll see their safety precautions, all of those things. You'll hear the teachers using the language. Um, some of the schools 
provide students with opportunities when they're following the school rules to be able to celebrate that. So if you've been following the rules for a week or two weeks, then we might take 15 minutes and have a wiggle party outside, or we might go outside (laughs) and draw with chalk, or we might blow bubbles. For the high schoolers, you'll, you know, they get points and then they can build a day and they can do a shadowing experience. So they're all different kinds of things and they do different things in middle school as well. So it's different ways that we try to encourage students because you think about working hard every day, we get paid because we, we work hard because we get paid. And most of the time we enjoy it, you know, the pay. I enjoy my job. I'd enjoy my job too. But that's the same way with kids. They enjoy what they do. The more that we encourage them to do well, because I always tell people, children are pleasers. They want to please you. Um, So, yes. Thanks for asking. I don't know about you, Clayton, but I feel much more comfortable knowing that we have this counseling and mental health available in the classrooms on a regular basis it's incredible yeah. uh, you you look at where we were when i was in school many yeah, many me years too. ago me too uh, even more years than you it, it's um it, it's just incredible because i think about you know just some of the classmates i went to school with that that and even myself at times could have used uh these type of programs mm-hmm. and it's just wonderful that we have those here in our school system. And to let you know, Clayton, that is the reason why I became a school counselor. My parents said, no, you can't do that. So my undergraduate degree was in business. But when I finished that, I immediately went to work for a university. I left the university to come here to Tennessee to get my master's degree. And that's why, because I didn't have anybody to help me go to college, to help me do anything. So I thought, this is the perfect job for me is to help students be successful. That's awesome. With that, let's take a break and we'll close out the session. And and after this commercial break, um, we'll see you in a few. Don't go away. Big Yellow School Bus with your host, Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools will be right back after these messages from our sponsors. Welcome back. You're listening to the Big Yellow School Bus with your host, Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools. Welcome back to the Big Yellow School Bus for our last segment. Here with Yvette Carter, Supervisor of Counseling and Mental Health, and Clayton Harris with WKOM WKRM, our radio host. Yvette, let's talk a little bit more about things that are challenges let's think about prior to COVID-19 what were the challenges you and your staff and and your counselors were facing pre-March well prior to March um, the American School Counselor Association which is our national association recommended that all school counselors have a 250 ratio 250 250 students to one school counselor So we were really trying to work toward that goal to ensure, and that helps students have supports from the time they're in kindergarten, even beyond when they graduate 
from high school to at least their first year of college because that is the year that's the toughest year that's the toughest transition year because they transition into kindergarten they transition to fifth grade they transition transition to ninth grade and eventually to their first year of college whether it's community tcat even in the military that is a transition and we recognize that so that was really our big push and how can we support counselors to advocate for themselves to say we need more supports so now our challenge becomes this virtual. Are you talking now? Now current COVID current, current COVID nineteen. Did you have something about that that you wanted to ask? Yeah. Well, yeah. I think we'll let her finish her point okay. on All what right. she's saying now. But right. yeah, I mean, I, I'd like to know too. What is the challenge post COVID? Whenever okay. we get, and there. that's what you were just so, ready to give right. into. Post now and even post COVID our challenge becomes school counselors adjusting and adapting to a new remote hybrid virtual world. Um, it is a very, it's something very different. Um, we hit, we get a lot of supports when we're in school in terms of the classes we take on school counseling, on relationship building, on emotions, on, you know, behaviors, on all of those things, on learning, college and career, but we don't have a class on virtual, on a Google Classroom. We don't have a Google Classroom class. And it's not just creating a Google Classroom, but making it meaningful for school counseling. And so that is not something that we're, we're, we've done, and it's something that's shifting and stretching us as school counselors. And we can do it because we're professionals. But it also concerns us as on a national level because we wonder, will we lose some counselors to this new normal? Um, some people, we are very connected we like relationships. We like connections. So I don't know that school counselors would necessarily want to constantly do a virtual life. So it just makes me kind of wonder what that's going to look like. Um, and especially as I say, you know, we already were trying to build up our capacity to service students right. in a better way. So if we start losing people, it's going to take us to in the opposite direction. Let me say something a little bit about the virtual that you were talking about. Murray County Public Schools currently does have a virtual school for grades 7 through 12. And that is on our website. It'll tell you all about it. It's under the news section because it is new. Um, so it's not necessarily a Google Classroom. I don't even know the platform yet. Mm -hmm. But it, we're just it's called the virtual school. It's treated as a school. Mm -hmm. Okay? So that option should be available in the near future if it i think they're taking enrollees now okay for that that particular uh virtual school mm -hmm. it's going to be a big hit with a lot of people that don't want to send students back to one-on-one -on -one encounter mm -hmm. and i probably should say and you're correct there are many virtual schools because i think another one of our neighboring counties is starting a virtual school so that i should say more remote learning is going to be a challenge yeah. for us because yeah. we like to make connections with our students you know and there are things we can do you know air high fives we can do all kinds of things like we said talk on the phone not just always zoom but it's still a challenge because there's nothing like seeing a smile on a student's face after you've had a good conversation this is know? true mm -hmm. you know uh miss carter one challenge that that you know there, there could be i hope not but it could be this fall uh you know we saw it in the spring uh, a lot of uh 
a lot of student athletes did not get to finish their sports, especially the seniors. Uh, and then you're going to have a group of seniors this year that are going to start school in August. And uh, there, there is a chance that uh, athletics might not happen or certain athletic contact sports might not happen. Uh, talk about how, you know, th- that could be a big issue with, you know, with a lot of kids because they depend on, you, you know, sometimes athletics keeps them involved, engaged in school. Uh, and then just the fact that some kids may feel like, man, how did this happen to me my senior year? I, I'm not going to have that opportunity uh, to, to play football, to play soccer. Uh, are you guys prepared for what that might look like here uh, in, in a couple of months? So we have an athletic director, Chris Pointer. He's working very closely with the athletic directors and coaches in all of our schools. Um, I've had several parents say to me, I'm really concerned because all I have is my son's junior year. This was going to be his year. You know, he's gotten larger or whatever, faster, whatever. And I do understand. I've heard that a lot of colleges and universities are trying to adjust to the new normal as well. So how are they going to do their recruiting? Who are they going to look at? What are some other things that they can look at in terms of will they have days that they let just so many students come out and do their tryouts and those kind of things? So believe me, it's it's a it's across the country again, um, constant conversation um, because so many students um, become involved with athletics, not just um, because they're athletic, but for that camaraderie, for that connection, for right. that relationship building. Um, so, and it's, it's an important part of their life. And that's where the school counselors come in to say, Hey, even though you're disconnected, you're still connected. And so being sure that they still feel that connection, even if they can't be together on the field or in the band or the cheerleaders, cause I try to think of everybody and it's impacting a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, cause essentially they obviously still have the education part, Yes, but taking away a club or an athletic, uh, you know, team mm-hmm. that, 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 that could be a huge void in, in a young person's life. Yes. Because you think about the competitiveness of it. Um, and for some students, it's very, very important for them. You know, it kind of balances them because some students might be stronger in athletics and not as strong as academic or the other way around, but it still gives them a balance. We talk about clubs, athletics, arts, band. These are all important parts of being in school. I was in the band. Um, my daughter was in the band. My other daughter was in sports. They were some of the best times ever. And the fact that we could be missing those, we did miss those at the end of last year. And the opportunities for the scouts to see these amazing seniors in their football or their music careers. Um, leaning on that a little bit, what changing on that actually, what kind of help do you look for from your community in your in your role? Uh, we look for a lot of help just in support, first of all, that students need supports. Um, we need the community to say, hey, this is a need in our area. You know, we have more of a need. We need tutors here. Um, we can't always drive to the school. We can't pick our kids up. We don't have a way to get them. Is there a way we can have a tutor come to our area, come to the church? come to different places, really letting us kind of know how we can support them. And they can always support us by saying, we're in your corner by going to see their school counselor and saying, hey, thanks for all you do. 
all of those kind of things. Um, but especially in the community, letting them know, you know, we are doing this work. We care about our kids, not just academically, but socially, emotionally. And we want to make sure that they're doing well. So making those connecting connections, connecting with our family resource centers. If you have a resource out there that we can use for our students, please connect with one of them or connect with me so that I can let people know. Because there's a lot of times people don't know about resources that are available. And, and like I always say to people, you don't know what you don't know until you ask. And all they can say is no. <laughs> so that's my, my mantra. <laughs> well, Jack, uh, I, I appreciate uh, you coming in today and having me own uh, this edition of the Big Yellow School Bus. Uh, any more questions for Ms. Carter? Miss um, Carter, I just want to make sure that our listening audience understands how to get a hold of you. It's murrayk12.org. That is the name of our website. If you just search for Murray County Public Schools on Google or Yahoo, you will find us fairly easily. To get a hold of Miss Carter, you would go to our homepage, and at the top menu, there's an item called Students and Parents. It's students slash parents. You click on that, and there will be a drop down, and you'll see Pupil Services. From pupil services, you'll go to counseling and mental health. At That's that page, me. you will find everything you need to know to get a hold of Miss Carter mm -hmm. and all the resources she's posted on our website are there that are there to help you. Yes. Um, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you, Miss Carter, for what you do. I don't think our school district could handle not having your your you and your counselors in our schools. The things you do daily in the classroom are a blessing to everybody that attends the school district, the public schools. I tell my counselors all the time, they're my heroes, and I appreciate them more than ever. We have so many heroes in the Murray County Public Schools system. Yes, we will visit these heroes over the next year. We'll have them in the, here on the school bus, and we will have a good time getting to know everything about Murray County Public Schools. That's it for today's edition of Murray County Public Schools' Big Yellow School Bus. We hope to hear and hope to you'll visit with us next week. Until then. Thank you for tuning in to the Big Yellow School Bus with your host, Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools. Hop on the Big Yellow School Bus every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. and Sundays at 7 p.m. to hear more about what's going on at Murray County Public Schools. Right here on WKOM 101.7 FM and WKRM 103.7 FM and 1340 AM.